I'm Josh Corcoran, and these are CJSW Stories. CJSW Stories is a show about the people behind the mic and behind the scenes sharing their stories of making great radio. My guest today is Grant Burns, former station manager and longtime host of The Road Pops. I'd uh, like to chat with you about your experiences with CGSW over the last however long. It's been a few years, yeah. Yeah, it certainly has. Uh, when did you first get involved with CGSW? It was the fall of 1979, long before you were born, Josh. Yes. I had been at University of Calgary for a year already and had... Uh, seen that there was a radio station in the bowels of McEwen Hall, but had not quite got the nerve up to go and knock on the door and tell them what I wanted to do. And so on this particular September day in 79, I I went and nervously knocked on the door and walked through the doors of room 118 McEwen Hall between the ladies' washroom and the loading dock, as we used to live, as we used to give our address out as. And... um, I encountered one Alan Bakeland, who was sorting records in the library, which was just to the left before they put the bank machines in there. And um, he said, what do you want? And I said, uh, I, 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 uh, I think I want to do a radio show, something like that. And he said, um, what do you listen to? And uh, I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be this is a tough question. So... I was relatively honest. Um, you know, having not been at CJSW, I had pretty mainstream tastes, so I think I was like, uh, well, Neil Young and Traffic and Joni Mitchell and uh, I named a few other, like Steve Winwood or so, you know something like that, some, some other bands that I thought were a little more obscure. And he said, okay, great, you can do a morning show. You start tomorrow. So it was, it was easier in those days. But Josh, keep in mind, uh, in those days we broadcasted from 8 or 9 a.m. till midnight most days, uh, but we were only on Carrier Current and in Mac Hall and on the speakers during the day, and we were on Cable FM from 4 p.m. till midnight. So the morning slot was, you know, was a training area, and you could have anywhere from zero to maybe 10 listeners in those slots, so... I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a big thing to put somebody who was completely green on the, on the radio. And I think Alan just joined me the next morning and showed me a few things okay. and left me to my own devices. And so began my journey at CGSW. And what was the name of your first show? You know what? I can't remember. I don't think I don't think I don't think that was a priority in those days. We didn't name shows, uh, not, not, not right away because until we had a, well, until we had listeners and until we had a, uh, a program guide, there was no real need to have a name for a show. You just kind of did your show. I mean, everyone seems to have a, a show name now. When I started The Road Pops in 1984, I decided to call it The Road Pops because it was a, a drive-home show. And my co-host and myself, we often enjoyed um, a beverage when we were uh, when we were not driving cars but driving the show yes i can see how sometimes that would be needed yes yes sometimes a beverage is very a very good thing to have josh you volunteered for how many years uh, like before you became station manager 
I joined in 1979. I became station manager in 1982, in the June of 1982. And I always tell this to, to young volunteers. If you want to get involved with CJSW, come first, you know, come through the doors and, and you know, fill out your application and whatnot. But then start hanging out there or here. You know, take your lunch here. Come and volunteer and just do things and do whatever you can. And if you hang around enough, uh, you know, someone's not going to show up for a show and you're going to get pushed in there. So I think in the in the first year, I, I didn't have any executive position. But shortly thereafter, I was I was news director for a year. I was promotions director for a year. I think I had another job for a while. Um, I became part of the, you know, the, the junta of the station uh, with Bill Reynolds and Alan Bakeland. Uh, Nick Dawkins was our music director. And um, I think it was 1980 or 1981. Uh, it's, it's, in the, it's in the history. Uh, we went to the first national community radio conference, the NC, NCRA. And uh, we learned a lot about radio at that at that point, and we went to Carleton, which is has a it has a not only has a radio program at the university, but it has a radio it has a full FM radio station and a program guide. They have they have a major FM license. They have great listenership. They do great at their fundraising. It was a it was a total inspiration to me and to the rest of the people that to Nick and Bill who also went to the conference, and that was uh, that was part of the inspiration. Uh, for getting the station on FM. You obviously wanted to keep the radio station going, so you had to get on the FM dial. Is that correct? Around 81, you know, there's the famous incident of Alan saving the radio station. Well, we had sort of over over the over a course of a few years, we changed the direction of the radio station. Uh, the previous people who had been running the station were doing some very serious-minded public affairs programming, and playing a lot of mainstream music and basically practicing to become commercial uh, radio programmers and, and disc jockeys and newscasters. So people like Deborah Lamb and Mark Sixstrom, Glenn Shea, and people that became broadcasters in Calgary Media were here at CJSW, and they knew a lot about the technique of radio, and, and, they, were, uh, and they were doing great kind of um, CBC-style interviews and and these kinds of things. And they had applied for an FM license, I believe, in 1975. But they were rejected because they were basically imitating services that were already in the Calgary market. And they didn't realize that that wasn't the way you got a license. I had an advantage when I applied for our license because other college stations had got FM licenses. And also I, went, I was able to talk to the CRTC when I was in Ottawa. And I was able to learn a lot from the mistakes and from the successes of other radio stations. But... Yeah, I mean, part of uh, part of saving the radio station was after the, you know, the the previous radio nerds and we were the new radio nerds. You know, they, as I said, they had kind of a mainstream, like you know, straight ahead approach to radio. And I believe that uh, Alan and Bill's influence and ever uh, lasting influence on the station was it became more like an abstract painting. So we weren't we weren't into realism anymore. We were into abstract. We were into playing punk rock. We were into playing two records at the same time. We were into just free balling and making radio and having fun with it and and experimenting with it. And so through that few years that I was part of that, we, we had a, we had a group called the Padabitniks and the Institute of Pataphysics, and we'd meet in the den and we'd all wear our black jackets and read from Ubu Roy, and we became we became kind of different than the student politicians, you know, the, those conservative people that 
that uh, that run the students' union. And um, they were getting tired of our, our ways, and they thought we were you know, a waste of money because uh, I think we were taking $7,000 a year in student uh, levy money in those days. So it was a lot of money. They decided they didn't like us anymore, and they were going to lock us out, and that's when Alan spent the night in the station. And, and then, the, then the police came and removed him and all the rest of us that were there. But then I had meetings with um, the VP Finance and the president of the university uh, of the Students' Union. I had been studying economics, and I had turned my economics degree toward public radio, community radio, and I'd been doing um, papers on it. And I convinced them that not only should CJSW survive, but it should thrive. It should get an FM license, and it should reach its potential. And uh, it would be a great thing for the for the students' union, for the students of Calgary, and for and for the Cal- Calgary city of Calgary in general. I mean, we had always wanted to go FM because we f- knew other college stations were FM, but that was that was sort of the impetus. It was like, okay, now we got to grow up. We got to stop fucking around. We gotta we gotta we have to get a license and and prove that we can do this. And I, I don't even know if they believed we could do it, but but we did it. Wow, that is a crazy beginning. Um. <laughs> and so in 1982, my best friend and the drummer in, in our band, the Pat of Beatniks, uh, Bill Reynolds, had been working on the grounds crew in the summers, and um, CJSW got a little bit more money, and we were, I think we were paying a station manager $1,200 a month or something, and, um, and he had been doing it sort of during the school year while he was doing his philosophy degree. And uh, the summer came, and we were in those days we were in the basement of Mack Hall, no windows, pretty dank environment. And Bill decided he could make twice as much money and work outside on the grounds crew. So he said, Grant, why don't you become station manager, and I'll, I'll work on the grounds crew, and I'll, you know, I'll help you. We, you know, I'll, I'll be program director. I'll, I'll help out. But like I, he'd been in the basement for a number of years already, and he didn't want to do it anymore. And I, I loved the opportunity. I just finished my degree. So uh, I was uh, 22 years old, and I took over as, as CJSW station manager in June of 1982. And in January of 1985, we had a license, and we started broadcasting. And wow. we, uh, yeah, and as your original question uh, about the university, yeah, the university was concerned. They, they thought that our broadcast signal was going to mess with their scientific uh, gear, the, the physics department, the engineering department. I don't know. It was weird. Um, it didn't make any sense to me, but I'm not a scientist. But yeah, we had to involve the university administration. We uh, we also, I had to constitute the University of Calgary Student Radio Society. So I constituted that and we got a member of the administration to be on our board and also members of the community, a, a CBC broadcaster uh, and some um, other uh, student uh, members. As you know, the board the board makeup is, is similar now, but uh, we had some challenges, and so what we decided was we couldn't broadcast from the University of Calgary. So, one of our one of our volunteers and our production director, Walter Prochnuk, his father was the um, the president or vice president of facilities at SATE, and I was looking at the town and where we all lived, which is sort of close to downtown in the northwest. The, the residence tower looked like a great place to have a broadcast uh, facility, a, a broadcast a, a tower. So we asked him, and he said sure. And so we sent we sent our signal over there by microwave from the top of social sciences, over to the Saint Res Towers, and that's where the first broadcasts were from. Now you've been a volunteer here. You obviously you're not station staff anymore. You you still have the road pops, um, forty odd years later. Uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about being 
uh, a community broadcaster for that long. Oh, it's uh, something I really enjoy doing. I mean, here I am again on Friday afternoon, uh, just before my show, and uh, something I, I enjoy doing, I look forward to. Uh, I, I sort of make plans all week to about the music I want to play as I'm listening to music and thinking about things. Um, yeah, it was never my intention when I started this program in 1984 to do it uh, for 37 years uh, but it was always fun it was fun when I did it with Kevin uh, and I, I miss him dearly but it's still fun to do uh, and you know I've been asked many times over the years I think on our 25th anniversary and then again on my on our 30th anniversary you know how long are you going to keep doing this for and my answer has always been the same uh, so long as I'm having fun and so long as I think uh, people are listening and, and that it's relevant and that uh, and you know, I, I still get good feedback. I, you know, we still do, still do well on the funding drive, and um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a nice thing to do, and I think um, I think it's good for the station to have some longtime volunteers, people like Kerry Clark and and myself and Chad when he's around, and you know, and there's and there's a lot Paula and um, there's lots of other ones. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun and. Uh, and uh, I enjoy it, and I hope the listeners do, too. In general, you think that campus and community radio is very important to you and to the listeners? Well, it's important to me. Um, you know, I kind of I have, kind of feel like it's my baby uh, sometimes uh, because of what I've been through and what I did to get it to where it was. But um, it's a growing organization. It's It's... It's an institution now, which is strange for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's super important, and I think it's it's still relevant. Uh, terrestrial radio is is something that I I still listen to in my car. I mean, there's satellite radio, there's iPods, there's CDs, there's everything else. But I like terrestrial radio. I like radio in general. Um, I think it's a, a really fun and interesting medium. And um, you know, certainly. As Calgary was growing up as a city and the arts community was developing and growing, I think we were a, a big part of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Like the theater companies, the art galleries, the, the poetry readings, the, the punk rock bands, the jazz bands, the, the funk bands, the, the DJ culture, uh, all of it. I mean, it's, uh, they've helped us. We've helped them. We're a media outlet for them. We're a, we're a, a way for them to express themselves. And, uh, I don't think we'd be the same without that community, uh, and I don't think they'd be the same without us. And I hope that that you know continues to grow. I mean, this morning I was listening, and there was a beautiful song on the radio, and then I realized a few minutes later it was live. And oh. you know, there there it was. It was uh, it was it was a in in studio session. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the artist right now, uh, but she was beautiful singing. And I, I then I saw it on Instagram. And that, that's how I realized it was it was live, but it was so perfect and so beautiful. And it's, you know, thanks to these uh, incredible facilities we have, thanks to our listeners over the years, the, you know, the, the 35 years of funding drives, you know, have, have raised enough money that we could be in this incredible facility. I mean, I don't know if you've been around to, I've been to many other campus community radio stations, uh, not just in Canada, but in the States and in, in Europe and all, all over the world. And um this is a spectacular one. Our facilities are our top drawer. Our uh, our fundraisings, our, our fundraising uh, is is 
number one. And uh, yeah, and it's all thanks to, again, the listeners of Calgary, the community of Calgary that support this station. It's amazing. Thank you so much for joining me today, Grant. You're welcome, Josh. It's um, my pleasure. Yeah, and I'm sure you have more stories, and I'm sure I'll have you back again. I have no more stories. <laughs> Our guest today was Grant Burns. Thank you for listening to CJSW Stories. I'm Josh Corkman.